Hey, all you intrepid architects out there. If you believe design can change the world, then you've found your humans here on this show, Architecting. My name is Angela Mazzi, and I'm an architect and career coach who's figured out how to live my passion while claiming a successful architecture career and lifestyle. This show is about the architect as a person and will help you bypass the status quo traps in our profession while teaching you how to make an impact in your career. We need to stand in our power as architects and use our skills to make great places. If you're with me, let's get architecting. Bright lights, so glad you are tuned in to Architecting Podcast today. I am so excited as we get towards the end of the year. We all shift our focus to celebrating. And what I wanted to offer our community, in addition to celebrating holidays or celebrating family or focusing on what we're grateful for, Let's focus on celebrating our successes and turning our experiences in 2021 into supercharged success magnets for 2022. I know we all go through this, right? We get great results, but it comes at the cost of feeling overwhelmed, exhausted, and we just feel too busy to thrive. We wish that we could ask for help better or get the support we needed or not always feel this overwhelming stress, right? We want to attract more of what we want, but we don't want to feel like it's a crushing weight but rather like it makes us lighter and happier and freer and more successful. That is why I am teaching a one-hour masterclass this coming Sunday, December 19th at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Who should come to this? Well, anyone who's looking to leverage your career accomplishments in 2021 turn them into a magnet for success in 2022. We're going to focus on how you can feel more confident, be seen as a go-to person for ideas, and kick your career into high gear without sacrificing work-life balance. So I hope you will join me. The link to this is in the show notes. I'll also be posting more about this on Instagram. And if you click my profile, there is a link to the event there. It is $18.99, so basically $19. This is going to be transformative. And this is the perfect time of the year to do this. This is the culmination. This is the time for looking back, for assessing, for connecting the dots, for saying, what did it all mean? And then, how do I want to leverage it? How do I want to go forward into next year? Not being blown about by the circumstances presented to me, but as a deliberate creator of my career path and lifestyle. So this is going to be a really, really powerful event. You're going to get so much out of it. So Go to the link in the show notes, visit my profile in Instagram, get yourself signed up. You will not want to miss this. It is going to be live so you can ask questions. 
And I will also share a recording afterwards so you can listen to it again and again. And sometimes when you listen to something a second time, you hear things you didn't the first time. So I am so excited to be able to offer this and to have this opportunity to really add some rocket fuel to everybody in this community, all of you who are so committed to making a difference and help you do more better in 2022 with grace and with ease. Let's move into our topic of today, which is what I like to call the anger, guilt, shame triad. We all get very hooked into these three emotions and they can undermine our confidence. They can hurt our ability to effectively communicate and collaborate. And the worst thing of all is they keep us in lack-based thinking where we are comparing ourselves to others, competing with others, judging others, kind of keeping this scorecard where we never feel enough who we are and as we are and always feel like only when, only then can we be who we're really meant to be. So we're always keeping our success and our happiness out in the future We're mired in self-doubt, and that makes us ripe for these three really negative emotions, anger, guilt, and shame. So today we're going to talk about why that happens, how to catch it when it does, and how to pivot to a higher level emotion. And the best part of this is the more you practice it, the less you will experience these triggers, the less other people will do and say things because you will no longer be available for that kind of comment. We're going to talk about this through the frame of one of my coaching clients, Grace, and we've changed her name to protect her privacy, but she did give permission to share. Grace is a project architect and she usually works on larger projects with a team. She does designing and layout in collaboration with the project designers. And Grace recently had an experience where, based on what the research she had done and the user feedback she'd heard had told her, she had created a plan with a driving concept around it. And in a team meeting, the project lead designer expressed doubt that what she had drawn would meet code and went on to say that he had, without telling her or including her, gone and talked to other project architects in the firm and had evidence to support that not only might this not be code compliant, but it actually could create building performance issues that would be a liability for the firm. Grace's project manager did not question this, did not give Grace the benefit of the doubt. Everyone just sort of was swayed by what this project designer was saying. And Grace tried to explain, while her solution wasn't a typical way to solve the problem, that there were examples and precedent for this in other built projects, and that 
to her knowledge, these issues and concerns were not issues and concerns. Yet that criticism kind of stood and others sort of piled on. And Grace automatically defaulted to questioning her own abilities, to saying, well, maybe I didn't check it enough. Maybe I should have talked to some other people first. Maybe this, maybe that. She was immediately shamed into this complete self-doubt. In addition to being annoyed at the fact that she was called out in a team meeting, that she wasn't included in conversations that were held to investigate this issue, quote-unquote, and that she basically felt she'd been undermined and looked bad and that her competency was now in question in front of the entire project team. What made her, I think, the most upset was not only that this happened, but that she didn't say a word. She mentioned that there was precedent, but she just let this whole conversation play out. She didn't defend herself. She didn't question whether the assumptions that the project designer and the other project architect made were correct. She didn't talk about the precedent for it. She just kind of sat there and felt embarrassed and silently kind of processed this. I know often many of us experience this where we are so stunned or shocked by something that is leveled at us that is a criticism. And because our own self-confidence isn't high enough, the minute we hear criticism, rather than asking questions and determining where this is coming from or if it's really true, we automatically internalize it Think of all the ways that we've judged ourselves lacking and let whatever we're hearing feed into our internal story instead of acknowledging that it might be the other person who's telling the story, who's projecting, who's seeing things through a biased lens. Only afterwards, as Grace told me, did she come up with the rebuttals? You know, the next day, the next week, she was able to come up with all the reasons why what she was doing was a good decision and why, while it wasn't as common of a planning strategy, it actually was the right one for this particular client. She was able to find examples of how this kind of design approach affected building performance and that in fact it was not a negative impact. So she essentially could prove her case and ultimately in the end her design did prevail in the project and it was highly and enthusiastically received by the client and it's going forward. But why in that moment what she should have said, what she should have done, was she not able to do it? The first thing happens is 
when we have low self-confidence, we put out an energy that we don't believe in ourselves. We don't say things with conviction. We become too emotionally attached to things. We look for the negative. So therefore, we tend to attract more of the negative and to process anything that we're hearing as feedback as maybe more negative than it was intended because we're triggered because of our own stories about our worth and our own beliefs about our ability to create bold new ideas. Part of what happens there is that we become really attached to validation. And validation is always about other people. It's always about trying to do this calculus problem, anticipating what other people will do or say, and needing their approval in order to feel good about ourselves. When we're in that state, we're focused on getting, right? Because if we don't get the validation or the opposite, if we get the criticism, it sends us into the death spiral of self-doubt. On the other hand, if we were to reframe that to be about what we're giving, then it changes the whole dynamic and it stops being about us. So what do I mean by this? When Grace was being attacked about her idea, she was focused on getting negative feedback and that meaning she wasn't a good project architect. If she had focused instead on what she was giving, which was a different approach to solving a common problem, and the benefits that that provided, it wouldn't have been about her and her performance ability. It would have been about the idea and the merit of the idea. And just that simple pivot to making it about the solution and the cause and the big idea and not about your own performance or your own abilities allows you to separate the work, the problem, the issue from your worth as a human being. And I hope you can see how that is huge. The minute you do that, you no longer view criticism or questioning of the validity of the idea as criticism of you, which means you don't need to have an emotional response because you're able to stay calm and untriggered. Instead, you can ask questions. You can push back. You can admit that there might be cons to the idea, but also kind of explore the pros and work through them together. You're better able to respond instead of react in the meeting. And I find that many times when anger, guilt, and shame is triggered, and women especially do this, but it happens to men too, 
get very quiet because you don't want to have an emotional outburst and you're so busy trying to suppress these emotions that you're not engaging in a meaningful conversation about the issues. The fear is you're either going to cry or become defensive. And heaven forbid that happen because now we fear that we will lose even more credibility. So let's start working on unhooking our emotions from the work that we do and making the work that we do not come from that place of ego where it's validation needy, but instead purpose-driven, where it's about the cause and the idea solving the problem. That is step one to not having that emotional response in the first place. So that redirecting. The next thing is to focus on the content itself, not the way that someone else is choosing to frame it. So in Grace's case, it was about the research she had done that led her to propose a particular design solution. It was not about whether designer on her team thought it was a good idea. That was his frame that he was choosing to put around the project. And there were all kinds of reasons he was motivated to do that, including the fact that Grace's solution meant that functional spaces were on exterior walls, which was going to mean that he would have to think a little bit more about how the design of the exterior facade worked. So he had his own story there, his own motivations for wanting a more traditional way of designing the space because it would have given him more design freedom. She was actually making it a more challenging problem for him by going this direction, which then made him want to poke holes in it because he'd already gotten hooked into his ideas and his concepts and what he wanted for the project. Rather than being about grace, it was really about the designer and his motivations that were causing him to look for reasons to push back against Grace's idea. However, it came out as a questioning of her competency. But when she could look at it in the context of what was going on in the project and not the frame that this individual was setting up, she could see how both of them had concepts and ideas, and that they could work together to figure out how to leverage these for the greater good of the project, rather than anybody being made wrong. And lastly, it's really important to stay positive, to stay curious, and to not bring our sense of lack or judgment, or insecurity into an encounter. And I know it's hard. I experience these things on the regular 
because it is a practice and we all have our triggers. But what I want you to notice is how two people could experience the same event and one person can walk away very upset, very hurt, feeling attacked. And another person who had the same experience could walk away going, well, that's a challenge we'll have to overcome, but I already have these ideas about how to take it to the next level. And they're very pragmatic and they're very empathetic to whatever negative feedback they got. They're looking for the motivations behind why that feedback arose and how to address those and whether it was valid criticism or more other concerns coming from other motivations. And that person wasn't triggered, right? They didn't make it about them, but it's the same experience. So when you go into a situation curious, when you make it about the work and the process, and you're asking questions, and you're willing to receive feedback, but you're not emotionally attached to an outcome. When you don't go in saying, they're going to attack me, or I know they never like anything I show them, you aren't available. It's like you put a Teflon coating around yourself. You're just not available for that kind of criticism. When you look at something through a frame, you're always going to see what you want to see. So if you go into a situation without confidence, expecting the worst, not the best, with stories about the different people and their motivations and whether they're fair or not fair or they like you or they don't like you and on and on and on, you will filter everything that happens in that situation through that lens. So you will read into people's comments and body language, and it will just keep cascading this emotional response of anger, guilt, and shame in you. That doesn't have to happen. Don't let others pick up on your hesitation or doubt. Let them pick up on your positive energy of exploring what's possible. Possibilities are not outcomes. They're possibilities. But when we have conversations in the context of possibilities, we can have positives and negatives. We can surface problems. We can surface ways that the problems are solved. But it's always done with the air of the greater good of whatever we're trying to achieve, not about the personal dynamics of the individual actors in the situation. It also is about answering that question of how can we instead of why we can't, or why it can only be a certain way. We put on our scientist brain where failure is to be expected. It's not a disaster. Failure is learning. And we're going to explore and test and fail together 
to find the best solution. Grace was able to take that back and to begin to talk about her ideas more from a point of view of how they solved problems instead of just about how she was doing what the client asked. And by presenting it in that context to her team, this particular designer actually helped her prepare for a meeting and found multiple precedent images all on his own of this concept that he had been shooting down. And it kind of won him over. It made him comfortable. It made him see how it could still have a really high level of design expression on the outside of the building, how it was not going to be a building performance issue, how the naysaying from the other project architect who, I don't know, maybe was more risk adverse, was only one way to look at it. And so not only did Grace's solution remain in the project, but she was actually able to get the designer excited about exploring this as a different path, as a way of looking at this particular building type that he had never done before and actually get him excited about the new idea and the new possibilities. When you shift your energy, when you can unhook anger, guilt, and shame, you can respond in the moment, without emotion, in a state of curiosity, in a meaning, and never walk away again saying, I should have done or said ABC. Rather than focusing on suppressing negative emotions, you will be able to focus on asking questions about what's being presented. And if it is being presented from somebody who does have bad intentions, your questions will poke holes in what they're saying and start to surface the bad intentions. If they had valid concerns, your questions will help there to be a more robust discussion for the greater good of whatever your team is trying to achieve together. Put these into practice. Let me know how they're working. DM me on Instagram or post your own success story with unhooking from anger, guilt, and shame. And remember to tag Architecting Podcast so that I can respond to you and the community can see it. And finally, do not forget to sign up for the Success Magnet Masterclass that is just a week away, next Sunday, December 19th, 2 p.m. Eastern Time. You won't want to miss it. Take care, everyone. Thanks for being part of this episode of Architecting. If you enjoyed the show, join our community on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn to keep up with what's in the show pipeline, including a behind-the-scenes look at my architecture lifestyle. Feel free to share your content ideas. Love to hear your feedback. You can also visit architectingpodcast.com to download free career content and learn about my classes, book, and coaching programs. Until next time, stay inspired.